0: Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason is with you as always. So glad that you are tuning in. Man, I'm excited to finish this part three series that we've been going through on how to make our prayer life more effective. So as always, if you've missed the previous podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever platform you're using, and let me just say something. One, thank you guys for listening. Now, as we've been doing this for the past few months, we're getting listeners in the Middle East. We're getting listeners in Europe, throughout Europe, South America, all around the country. So we want that to continue to grow because our desire, why we do this is that people will know God's word. They'll know his truth, that the scriptures that we're told in Romans 15, four will comfort you. So if this has been a blessing to you, if you've been growing in your faith and growing in your knowledge of scripture and and, and enjoying spending this time with me, as I enjoy spending uh, with you, please go to standstrongministries.org and just take a moment to click on donate and give a contribution. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support. We, we appreciate your prayers and And we appreciate you so that would just be a blessing to us if you just drop a note and just let us know how grateful you are for the podcast and and your money will help us to continue to produce these type of episodes and as we continue to grow that we'll be able to start producing more weekly podcasts and hopefully at some point be able to do a daily podcast so with that being said we're now jumping into part three of how to make your prayer life better so as always check out soundcloud itunes on our website are my notes so they're all there this is podcast number 34 i believe so this is part three now so let me just give a quick little recap because today there are two key words as we kind of finalize this segment right now in the sermon amount on prayer that are so so important that oftentimes i think get overlooked it has to do with forgiveness and it also has to do with fasting. So before we jump into the next portion uh, in prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, let me go back. Now, when you when you and I talked about when we pray in verses 5 through 8, remember hypocrisy. That's the first thing that Jesus laid out, making sure that we are not pretending to be something that we're not. Another thing that we saw in, in prayer that was very, very important is the privacy, the consistency that comes with prayer, the time that we have with God. Jesus prayed in private. Elisha prayed in private. Daniel prayed in in private. And when we pray privately without showboating, God rewards us openly. The other thing we saw in verse 7 of Matthew 6 is empty phrases that we're not just babbling and talking nonsense, but we're praying effectively and consistently and expectantly. And as I always tell uh, my family, and I'm telling you, that's such an encouragement to me. And I actually learned this in one of the books I read from Mark Patterson, is that we need to have specific prayers because they get specific answers. And so it's not just babbling in the sense of showing off to people how spiritual you are, in this case, how the Pharisees were, but also babbling, you know, and just talking in a way that uh, doesn't really make any sense, you know, that you're, you don't, you don't have a targeted prayer oftentimes. And so that's important is sometimes when I come before God, I'm anticipating certain things and, and, and with great expectancy. And that's where the faith comes in. Now, to help us do that, the, the second thing we saw in part two of this of this series on prayer is the modeled prayer, uh, known as the prayer of Jesus, or the Lord's prayer, or the Sinner's prayer, however you want to title that. In Matthew six nine through thirteen, and we saw that we need to bring adoration in verse nine. That we need to honor the Lord and respect for who he is. Number two, yielding submission to him that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Making petitions, verse 11, daily bread that God wants to meet our needs. Offering confession, forgiving our debts of those who forgive us. And we're going to be expounding on that a little bit more today. And we looked at two examples, the creditor and the two debtors. And we saw the parable also of the unmerciful servant. And we're actually going to read that today. Um, as we're talking about forgiveness. And we're also looking at this pursuit of consecration in our life, that we are not to be led down temptation to let sin ruin us. But we do pray every single day, as we ought to be praying, that the Lord will deliver us from evil, that God will rescue you and I from the danger that surrounds us. And oftentimes the power of sin can have its way with us and can really drag people down to a defeatist attitude and become a slave to things of the world. And so prayer really puts our focus back on who the Lord is. Now, now, as we focus on who God is, we turn our attention on the relationships that we have with people around us. Because if we know God to be a merciful God, a loving God, that who, who we come to and ask for forgiveness, remember, you know, when we ask God to forgive us of our debts, we also have to pray for forgiveness that God would forgive the debts that we have between others. And in Matthew chapter six, we see this more explicitly laid out now in verses 14 and 15. So remember, this is right after the conclusion of the modeled prayer of the prayer of Jesus in verse 14, it says in Matthew 6, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Okay. So before we jump to fasting in verse 16 to 18, let's go a little deeper and look at forgiveness. Now, just like a parent, when we oftentimes have to repeat ourselves to our kids, we do that because what we're telling them repeatedly is of great importance. While here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus just you know got finished with the model prayer. And the next thing he says, the first thing he says after that is he brings up forgiveness again. So this is a second time Jesus is talking about this within the short Sermon on the Mount. So this is important. Forgiveness, as you and I know, plays a huge role in our lives. And so why shouldn't it play a huge role when it comes to prayer? See, bitterness rejection and unforgiveness will hinder our prayer life. Let me say that again, bitterness and the fear of rejection, or when you have been rejected and you retaliate or isolate or get defensive, and as a result, have an unforgiven heart, those will hinder that type of bitter heart. Resentment will hinder your prayer life and my prayer life. The Bible tells us very clearly in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. You can also see that in Colossians 3.13. Now, notice when you and I do forgive, notice it says in verse 14 that when we forgive others their trespasses, notice he says, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So guess what, my friend, when you and I forgive others, it's going to affect In this case, for the better, for the good, it's going to affect our relationship with the Lord and how he forgives us. As a person, here's how Christianity goes. As a person who has been forgiven, okay, you listening, if you're a Christian, you have been forgiven uh, eternal damnation, right? You've been forgiven of the sin, of the depravity, and the wrongness, and breaking God's commands, and trespasses and transgressions and lawlessness, all that's been forgiven. Your debt has been paid because of Christ and that eternal damnation, that record on us and and the, the finality of where we're going to go because of our depravity, because of our sin, but because that's been covered by the blood of Christ and you and I are indwelt by the Holy Spirit because we have been forgiven in Christ because what he did for us on the cross and rising from the dead and we believe in that and we live it out, we live the gospel message out, you and I are to forgive others. You and I, just as Christ has given us a second chance, if you will, that he's given us a newness of life, he's given us a life of grace, he's given us a life of forgiveness, we too are to live accordingly. So as I mentioned in the last podcast, but I want to read it now because it really fits with what we're discussing, when we're talking about how to improve our our life of prayer, and you may be thinking even right now, I want you to think how much time, I mean, sometimes we confess our sins to God, like, Lord, forgive me for my shortcomings, forgive me for my anger, Lord, forgive me for being lustful, for being prideful, for being greedy, for being selfish, for not caring enough, God, give me more love. Those are good things. But how often do we say, Lord, I just pray that you would forgive Uh, me for how I treated so-and-so. And Lord, I just pray as they've maybe wronged me, God, I just, I pray that you would reconcile the situation, restore us back together, Lord. You know, that's what I'm talking about here. And if we've wronged people to acknowledge it before God, God already knows our heart, but we just can't be naive about it or think that we can kind of cover it up and talk about other things when forgiveness is a big part of not just life, but our prayer life. So let's look at this example. When Peter comes to Jesus, and this is in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21, when Peter comes to him, he says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and, and and I forgive him? So notice you know people are going to wrong you. But the question is, is how many times am I to forgive them? Now the law said seven times. In verse twenty-two of Matthew 18, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Now this is not a matter of taking a record, and you at this point, you know, say, Okay, well, I've forgiven enough. It's over. No, the, the point here is a taste of God's unconditional love, grace, and forgiveness. Because notice in verse 23, Jesus continues to explain what he means. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment for, for payment to be made. he refused and he went and he put him in prison until he should pay the debt when his fellow servants saw what had taken place they were greatly distressed and they went and they reported to their master all that had taken place then his master summoned him and he said to him you wicked servant I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I've had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. See, that's the power, my friend. Forgiveness plays a huge role. If we cannot forgive others, The Bible clearly says our Heavenly Father will not be able to forgive you. So keep in mind that we could talk about hypocrisy. We could talk about having more faith. We can talk about, you know, honoring the Lord, yielding submission, making petitions. You know, like sometimes people will kind of summarize and use the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, and say, you know, add adoration, add confession, add thanksgiving, add supplication to your prayer life. And I oftentimes think, and I understand where they mean in that confession area, oftentimes is what meaning is asking, you know, God to forgive you of your sins. But if we take a, a step further into that discussion, we oftentimes are saying that when we're confessing our sins, as clearly Matthew six twelve and Matthew six fourteen says here, we're saying, Lord, I've wronged my brother. And as we saw before that, when we go before God in prayer and know that our brother has something against us, we need to leave our gift there and be reconciled. So every time we come before God in prayer, don't try to avoid whatever issue you have with someone. You need to be praying for that forgiveness. And if you're struggling in your relationship with God and as to whether or not he forgives you or you feel so bad uh, and, and and you're filled with regret, you know, and you just feel like your communication with God is weak and you're struggling and you're trying to improve in your prayer life, maybe forgiveness. Maybe there's, there's some bitterness there. Maybe there's some resentment there, you know, as... You know, as I'm as I'm recording this and talking through this, this is another lesson. You know, once again in my life, is realizing that there are some things that you do that God has called you to do, and you're going to get pushback, and people are going to be mean to you, or they're not going to take it the, the way that um, they they should. You know, maybe lack of maturity or. Lack of of understanding, or Satan gets in there and he disrupts and stuff, and and so sometimes things can go south, or people can take things the wrong way, and they can say hurtful things, and it, you know relationships oftentimes are messy, especially in the in the church world, but we're all redeemed people, and we oftentimes instead of trying to destroy one's character, uh, you know we have to say Lord you've given me forgiveness. You've given me multiple uh, chances time and time again. And I'm thankful for that. I want to make sure that I do likewise to others. Now, you and I know there's a difference between being smart and making sure that you don't surround yourself with people who are taking advantage of you uh, and they're using you or they can't be trusted. But the key thing in all of this is when you and I pray, when you and I know that there's something that uh, is going on between a particular person whether it's in your marriage, family member, friend, at church, coworker, that we need to go before God, and as we're saying, Lord, will You forgive my heart and my my shortcomings? Part of that and that confession is forgiveness. So remember, Jesus mentions this time and time again. And so this is a big part of our prayer life. Now, here's the second thing. So we go from forgiveness now to fasting. Notice in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 and 18, what Jesus says next. He says, and when you fast, so remember when he says, and when you pray, He says, now when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Remember Jesus had said that uh, to us before. When we pray in secret, when we go in our closet and we shut the door, Matthew 6, 6, Our father who sees that in secret, he will reward you openly. And that's the same blessing that we have when we go deeper now in prayer, we start fasting. Now notice he brings up this hypocrisy thing again, just like he says, and when you go before God and pray, don't be like the hypocrites. So when you're adding fasting to your prayer life, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. God required, as we know, when you look back in scripture, he required that the Jews were to fast annually, on the Day of Atonement. You see that in Leviticus 23, 27. Now, during the exile, fasting began to be expanded just beyond the Day of Atonement in Zechariah chapter 7 and also chapter 8, verse 19. So, when you get to this point but Jesus is calling out these Pharisees, it was the religious leaders that would fast twice a week. We see that in Luke 18, verse 12. But what the problem was, just like when they would pray, they'd find the busiest you know, street corners and show off how spiritual they were and they're babbling, right? Their nonsense talk. Well, in this case, when they're fasting twice a week, they look very downcast, you know, as they publicly showed off how pious they were. That is not what we're to do, right? When you and I fast, we're not to do it um, for others to see. It, here's a key, key word, uh, or I should say the key phrase in all this. This is important. Hypocrisy robs you. It robs you and me of holiness. When you and I are hypocritical, we're not being holy. So like prayer, fasting is not to be done to impress people. It's not to be done to impress God. The outer effects of fasting are not the focal point, but the internal strength that comes as you and I seek the Lord through the restrictions of certain items on earth. So when I say I'm going to not eat this food or I'm not going to be having this particular snack that I'm drawn to oftentimes or, you know, this particular show that I watch during the week, I'm going to devote that time now to prayer and reading of God's word, whatever the case may be. It's not a matter of just saying, look, I'm going to draw closer to God by refusing certain things. That's not enough. So the outward effects of fasting is not the focal point. Again, remember the Sermon on the Mount is about the intent of the heart. So the internal, the eternality of where we're at with God and coming before him to seek him and saying, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to focus so much on the heavenly things that your kingdom come, your will be done that I need to restrict. I need to refrain from certain things here on earth. You know, nowadays, for example, people, a lot of people, when they say they're going to be fasting, they're fasting from social media. They're fasting from their phone, their computer, their fasting from watching Netflix and binging or whatever. I think those are good things as long as the focus is to become more intimate with the Lord. Here's how Wiersbe puts it when it comes to fasting. He writes, it is not wrong to fast if we do it in the right way and with the right motive. Jesus fasted. So did the members of the early church in Acts thirteen two. Fasting helps, Wiersbe says, to discipline the appetites of the body in Luke 21, 34, and keep our spiritual priorities straight. But fasting must never become an opportunity for temptation. Simply to deprive ourselves of our natural benefits, such as food or sleep, is not of itself fasting. We must, listen to these words from Wiersbe, we must devote ourselves to God and worship Him. Unless there is the devotion of the heart, there is no lasting spiritual benefit. I think that's well said. So my friends, as we conclude this final thing about prayer, let's, let's, let's pause now and just ask yourself a couple questions on, on you wanting a better prayer life in order for you and I to draw closer to the Lord. Number one, hypocrisy. Let's not be hypocrites. Let's not be hypocritical. Let's try not to show off and try to get the approval of people around us. Let's focus on the privacy that we can have in communion and in fellowship with Jesus. So the question I ask you, are you spending time with the Lord? Are you drawing close to Him every single day? Number two, when you and I want to have a better prayer life, is we got to make sure that we specify more often. And that's why I'm a big, big believer and recorded prayers. We have recorded prayers in the Bible. I journal my prayers a lot, not every single one, but a lot of them, I review them, I look back at them. That's very important that I'm like, what am I what am I asking the Lord? Why why am I asking this? What is this about? How does this fit now the third thing into the model prayer? When I look at my life in prayer, how often do I adore him? How often do you spend time with him just to listen to what the Lord has to say? As you meditate on his word, you know, Psalm 103, when it says that God has compassion on those who fear him, that you come before him with fear and reverence and receive that compassion. My friends, God wants you and I to not just improve in our prayer life, but for you and I to make time to communicate with him, to have communion with him, to have fellowship with him. So hopefully these three podcasts that we've devoted as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount And again, if you need to go back through them and listen to them again, hypocrisy is key, my friends. Our posture and prayer is important. We are never to come before God with a boastful, prideful, arrogant heart. We need to come before Him in humility. And as we do that, we will carve out and we will want to spend more private time with Him. We will be anticipating that God will reward us openly. And we have the modeled prayer So go through the model prayer. Most of us have it memorized. Don't let it just be repetitive, line by line, from adoration to confession. As we consecrate our life before him, let our prayer life be a sanctifying resource for us to draw closer to him and to become more like Jesus. That should be ultimately our prayer. And so when it comes to to fasting, I want to say this as I close, don't try to be a big shot. And go all in and say, I'm going to fast for a whole month, Jason, when you've never really fasted from food before. And the other thing too, we live in, again, social media world, YouTube world. And so a lot of times people are kind of addicted to some things and you watch one YouTube video and it leads you to the next and these to the next. Before you know, an hour later, you've been watching all these videos that you never planned to watch because you didn't even know they existed until you saw, hey, recommend this one. Hey, and watch this one. You know, for sometimes for some of us, we got to say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to fast from that. I'm going to put that aside and, and, and I'm going to devote more time to memorizing God's word. And as I do so... Uh, lay these promises of God's word and prayer and put these before the Lord and record them and, and share them with other people and look for opportunities to gather with other believers and pray. You know, I just yesterday was with some good friends of mine and met some new guys um, as well that are running a great ministry. And and one of them was going into a big meeting and just said, man, can you, let's just get together guys, you know, before Jason leaves, can we just pray I love that. You know, it's just spontaneous. It's just, hey, let's just agree together, you know? And I didn't even know that. And, and the reason I knew now that he was going to import me is because he mentioned it and, and because he wanted to pray about it. That's the way we need to go about things. So listen, as we conclude this podcast, and you know in your heart right now of that one thing before this podcast ends, I want you to be thinking right now, what's one thing you could be fasting from right now? And so, okay, let's start with a 24-hour period. And then from there grow into a 48, 48 hour to 72 hour to maybe some at some point you could be fasting from that one thing, whether it's from TV, whether it's from you know jumping on YouTube, social media, devices, games, watching football, maybe, whatever that is, food that you're saying, God, this week, when I'm done listening to this podcast, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to improve my prayer life. I need to start devoting more time to fasting. So whatever that is, my friend, put it out there right now and ask the Lord to help you. And as you fast from whatever that thing is, look for God to bless you tremendously. Love you guys. I will see you on the next podcast. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.